You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, fantasy sports, and the Super Bowl. You want to make sure you're tuning in to Locked On Eagles, Locked On Patriots, and Locked On NFL for all of your Super Bowl coverage. They have got it handled I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for FanRagSports.com. I'm joined by my panel from the mean streets of Cotswold. He's been covering the Hornets since they were the Bobcats for AtTheHive.com. The man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. That's right, Doug. I just remembered to unmute so you guys could hear me, but I did forget my belt this morning, so living on the edge out here. All right. Well, did you wear a collared shirt? Did you? Because I'm always, I'm always weird about, do yeah. I tuck it in without a belt? Do I, I have leave a sweater. it hanging? I know. Well, that's why I have a sweater over it, and I didn't notice it until you know I went to make my first adjustment of the day. All right, and here to help helped. us with this first important conversation is the man to my right, joining <laughs> me in studio, the one, the only, Steve Bob Forrest. Steve Bob. That's why I never wear pants, guys. <laughs> <laughs> is it okay to wear to tuck the shirt in without a belt? No. I don't. Yeah, it's yeah, not okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, never yeah. In, in, in. There is no situation where that's okay. If you're wearing you overalls, that's what overalls are for. Haven't you ever seen Friends? Tribbiani never wore a belt and always. Well, that's a big thing. That's a. It was a big yeah. '90s thing. That's why I'm asking. It was if yes, if you go back and watch old shows, the the it was a Chandler huge uh, button down shirt into jeans. Another thing, tucking I'll t- into jeans. Another thing I'll tell you about Joey. Love sandwiches. Did. Just he a little bit eat. of French trivia there for you Loves guys. to eat. Anyway, this is a Hornets podcast. Uh, David, <laughs> if you didn't know that, <laughs> you can now. follow us on Twitter. Deep cut. At Locked on Hornets. Uh, you can uh, visit our sponsor of this episode at draft.com. Draft is a new way to play fantasy anything, but we play fantasy basketball on draft.com. Join us. You can use our promo code LOHORNETS when you sign up to play a free game of draft. We're going to tell you more about that in a few minutes. But first, uh, David, you sent me on our show Slack this message. Remind me to tell you about the thing I saw during a recent game that you hate. So, David, (laughs) I'm reminding you to tell me about the thing that you saw during a recent game that I hate. Brought to you by Fan Warehouse. (laughs) (laughs) Always brought to you by Fan Warehouse. Go check out those frames. You might see some hornets there. Um, Awesome. Shout out to Slack. It finally came in handy. Yeah, Doug. So I can't remember what game it was. Not important. Good start. Uh, Wide shot of the crowd. Mm -hmm. A fan. You know, you know, when you're looking at the crowd and the guy just stands up and you see just like the back shoulders of his of his shirt. This guy had on a jersey. It was a Hornets jersey, which you like. Mm -hmm. But if you could name one Hornets jersey that you hate more than anything, what would that be? I'll just give you one guess. Uh, I, you only need one guess. It's a Kobe yeah. Bryant. That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, awesome. Ding, 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 ding. That's fantastic. And, that, and a throwback Kobe Bryant at that. So I'm talking pinstripes. I think this was right after we had our. our oh, season. it's so ironic. Wait, it's so it's so ironic because he was drafted by the Hornets. I I could say the throwback aspect of it is actually accurate, right? Because that would be from that era. They, that's the only way you can Correct. make it more annoying is if they went as far as to buy a modern. I've seen like, that. Buzz. That's that's pretty bad. You're right. 
I've seen that. That's going an extra layer of silliness. Where does where does the Bobcats Kobe Bryant jersey fit on? Ooh, now I that know. is completely absurd. <laughs> Please, let's move. We have with to the, move with on. the uh, checkered flag on it. We have to move on. Let's <laughs> let's go to the All Star Game. Something that's going to make me happy. I hope uh, John Wall is going to miss it. That doesn't make me happy. He's a talented whoa. player. I was like, whoa, man. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just. I mean. I mean. I He's like so talking bad. about the All Star Game. <laughs> Anyway, John Wall's having knee surgery. He's probably doomed the playoff hopes of his all-star teammate, Bradley Beal and the Washington Wizards. But it means that there was an all-star replacement. Could it be? Could Kimba Walker have an opportunity to make the all-star game, giving Hornets fans a reason to believe that all hope is not lost? No! It's Andre Drummond instead. Detroit Pistons, he survived trade season. He has a new teammate, Blake Griffin. First, before we talk about Kevin Love... And his injury and the possible injury replacement there. Let's talk about the Drummond pick. David, was this the right move? Sure. I mean, it feels like he was. <laughs> that was my he was exact the, response. <laughs> he he feels guess. like he was. The, he was the biggest snub, I think, generally agreed upon of uh, the guys that probably was having a good season and and should have made it at the time of the voting was on a team that was you know in in the playoff discussion. So. I'm okay with it. Now, when you move on to love, though, that's where things really get interesting. Yeah, 15 points, 15 rebounds for Andre Drummond this season. I don't know if this is true, but it seems like he's probably leading the the league in rebounding, 15 rebounds. I don't know if anyone else is doing anything similar. Other um, other players that could have been considered along with Drummond and Walker were Ben Simmons. Uh, Jalen Brown, for some reason, believes he he was tweeting emojis. Well, that was Draymond. Draymond said in an interview. Okay, he threw his name in there, which but that's fine. And then Jalen Brown took yeah. upon himself to feel snubbed. Was like, hey, buddy, nobody threw your name in there except for Draymond, <laughs> except for the most insane person in the league. So fourteen points, five and a half rebounds, one point four assists for Jalen Brown. Thirty-seven percent three-point shooting, forty-six percent total from the field. Like nothing in there screams. Put I will me in the All Star. I will yeah. say he had one of the mo- my favorite moments in recent memory, where he it was like out of a movie, where he's this where he had the goggles, remember? And then he was just yamming all over people, but he looked like a super nerd. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things where like, oh look at this nerd, what's he gonna do? Throw it down, What? He's good at basketball. Yeah. I like Jalen Brown. I enjoy him. He's having a good it's year. Fine. It's a good um, player. But, but just just pump your breath. Your time will come, or maybe it won't. Not everybody. I think Jason so. Tatum will be a. Bold prediction. Jason oh, Tatum will be yeah. an all-star before Jalen Brown. Yeah, Too many good players on that team. Look, if you're the Boston Celtics, if you're Jalen Brown, the Boston Celtics need to win a championship for you to be considered because there's going to be three or four guys on that team for the next few years that would be an all-star consideration. And, you know, you only get four guys if you're a dominant team like the Golden State Warriors and you win an NBA championship. Yeah, they're and they've been backsliding pretty bad, pretty bad going into the All Star break. I mean, so is the, that's a good word. So have the Pistons backsliding too, takes me back to Pentecostal church days. Backsliding away. <laughs> yeah, they um, they've been on a rough stretch, and it's more indicative of the East though, really, because when you look at Kemba Snub, I was a little bummed, but like you said, you're like oh, sure, because I was looking at the other guys too, and you're like, I guess you'd say. Dragic doesn't have the numbers, but yeah, their team's a lot better. Sort he's been of. injured too. He's been injured yeah. a little bit. Uh, he's well, has he? Because he he played forty five games. It said so. I don't know how many. Wait, that can't be right. 
Here yeah, because he's missed. Yeah, he missed a he, he missed, missed a, a week or so. Uh, but here's so we got to move on but to the numbers, Kev- to your point. Yeah, the Kevin Love thing. So Kevin Love injures his hand out six to eight weeks, and it seems like Adam Silver. There's really no. I haven't seen anything codified, but it seems like Adam Silver is replacing Eastern Conference players with Eastern Conference players and Western that's, Conference with Western Conference, yeah. even though think, it is not East you, versus West. Right, but but it still comes from the same pool. You know what I mean? So like you still have, to have the same number of representatives from each. Do conference. you look? Everything's yeah. being thrown out the yeah. window. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Every, I think you know, so. They're, they're just sort of yeah. making it up as they go along. I don't. It's no, no, it's, no. it's not hard yeah. to like. We don't have to like uh, trace the path here too far you know right. everyone's like oh, well now it. it's it's lebron's team versus steph's team it's like yeah well we know we know what they started with though and yeah the, which the the large argument is that they pro i'm fine with them not doing that anymore just be like yeah just take the 24 best players and that way like make people step their game up do you want to be an all-star play like super good <laughs> that's it anyway the question that people really want us to answer <laughs> on this show and I think they want to hear from David because you're the all-star expert on this show. Should Kimball Walker be the all-star replacement for Kevin Love? So does Miami have a representative? <laughs> they, they don't, right? No, I don't believe so. Our, our all-star expert. Answer the question. Right off the bat. <laughs> Answer the question. What is an all-star again? You know, in Kimba's favor, he <laughs> is considered an all- oh, God. He's considered an all-star right now, I think, and he's seen that. So I think that works in his favor. I don't know if you want to put two Sixers on the team or on these teams. Uh, they're in they're in eighth place right now. So, I mean, Kemba's numbers are certainly there. And I think that when you look at this, the coach's game plan for him, short answer, yes, he should be there. I'll, I'll take Kemba uh, versus these other guys, which I think is Dragic and Simmons right now, I think would be his main competition. Yeah, I really, I really think it's – it's Ben Simmons is the main competition. I'm not sure about Dragic, but Ben Simmons has he's averaging 16.6, 7.9 rebounds and 7.3 assists. I guess the knock on Simmons would be that he is a rookie. Uh that mm-hmm. yeah, you do, wouldn't want to put two players from a team that is a a middling team and right. the the argument for Kimba Walker is that he is a the best player on his team. B is is carrying his team is really the the sole reason that you can point to that they they win games any games uh, you know just a, but based on his plus minus you know his his, uh, his effort and his uh, impact on the game when he's on the court versus when he's off it and the uh, knock against him is that the Hornets are not playing very well right now and it seems like too that Adam Silver is picking the coach's pick. So he's just sort of going down the line. So we should hear soon. We hear very quickly once these guys are yeah. officially declared out of the yeah, All-Star game. Yeah, when was Love declared out? Well, he, I, oh, I mean, he, he hasn't, hasn't been because the injury just happened. So that's, yeah, but I think we would hear about it midday today. We're recording this right now around yeah. 8 o'clock in the morning. So we're this, the, by the time you hear this, we're probably arguing about something that has already been determined. Let's do yeah, two so, endings to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like one of those choose-your-own-adventure books that you read as a kid. We'll give you choice A, uh, Kimball Walker's an all-star. Choice B, you get eaten right. by a giant octopus. Oh, boy. And I'm I'll, going with A I'll, every time, baby. <laughs> I'll say for Simmons, it really feels like the NBA is pushing the Sixers this year. They were on opening night, I believe. They were on Christmas Day, I believe. So don't be shocked if Simmons gets that, gets that last spot. Could pick Blake Griffin. 
I mean, technically, it's he's in the Eastern Conference now. I actually thought about that yesterday. I was like, how funny would that have been? They're like, well, he had the second most coach votes. Like, if in that's West, how he went yeah. down, yeah. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I think that's all it's going to come down to. It's going to – it would be weird if Silver didn't do that for the – he's like, oh, my gosh, this is so crazy. Uh, it says Adam Silver here. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can't go against it. No, I think uh, and, shooting up. And if I'm if I'm guessing, what do you, what's your guess there? Who who would the coaches have gone for more? I feel like the coaches reward the guy who's leading the team, even a little bit over, you know, a is rookie. There, so, yeah, is there sometimes. a rookie knock? Yeah, I think I think a little bit. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I'm oh, serious, man. Yeah, with the coaches, yeah. with the coaches voting. I think if it's players voting, you can see that guys are like, yeah, I mean, put Jalen Brown in or whatever. Or one play. Well, and, yeah, and the coach's game plan against Kemba every night, right? Like, that's the only guy they have to worry about. Yeah. Um, so maybe he gets a nod. Who knows? Um, to Doug's point, no one knows. Well, well, to on. my they point, well, you so will much. probably know by the time you listen to this episode. So uh, sure. hopefully, I, I think I think it's going to be Kemba. I'll just go on rack. I think it. Do you? I think it's going to be Kemba. This is not going to be popular amongst the fans. No fans I think like it Kemba. Be. No. Doug, come on, Doug. <laughs> I think it. Text in if I you think like it Kemba. Will be Kemba. I think it should be Ben Simmons. <laughs> I think Ben oh, yeah, Simmons has, had a, like has had a major impact, not the biggest impact on his team. That would be the guy who's in the All Star game right now. But I think that Ben Simmons. You look at these stats. I mean, sixteen point six, seven point nine, seven assists. And I, yeah. I feel like you should be showcasing your as a league. You should be showcasing your best players on your best teams. And I think Ben Simmons, even though he's a rookie, I don't really care about that. He's he's been one of the better players on on an up and coming team that's going to challenge the Eastern Conference for years to come. Dark. Also, if you're Dark talking Horse. just All Star Game and specifically Team LeBron, come on! I mean, Ben Simmons that, is the next. Be I mean, just in terms of his, the style of play that yeah, he has and his him. size for his position, he is the he's next made LeBron. All Star Game too. Like his, yeah. he, all he Flashy. does is throw crazy passes. Except for shooting, except for shooting. True, but um, like, he'll throw some like the, you know eighty foot lobs. Yeah. Yeah, dark horse pick for me. Last last note on this is uh, Kobe Bryant makes it in. It's in L.A. I feel yeah, but like, he has uh, to wear. But he has to wear a Hornets. Yeah, he wears jersey. a Hornets jersey. Exactly. Okay, yep. fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try our favorite app. It's called Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but they don't do it like the other guys. On Draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season long league. That means when you draft someone, you get to keep them. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Draft start every couple of minutes so you can join one right now. And the best part is you play for cold, hard cash. Draft start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone out there. Come and join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store, and you can join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on Draft.com, whatever you want. And... For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code LOHORNETS. That's LOHORNETS. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code LOHORNETS on your first deposit on draft. We've had a a really good time playing draft here on the show. All the hosts play with each other. And uh, we do listener drafts. I'll put one up at uh, 4 o'clock today. So if you want to join our listener draft, come and take a dollar from myself. Take a dollar from David on uh, draft.com today. Again, that promo code, 
L-O Hornets. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Frank's off Twitter or whatever, and, and Nick Batum. He's playing well. Every, okay, that's it. Ban everybody off Twitter. Everybody. Everybody off social media. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. New segment time here on the show. A couple of things around the NBA that are... They're frustrating me, guys. Getting on, <laughs> getting under my craw, if you will. Mm-hmm. Making me say, wait, 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 cool, So that's cool. the name of the segment. Cool, 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 cool. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> All right, first up, this uh, Miritich trade to the Pelicans, or, or maybe it's not a trade. Wait, 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 wait. Did it happen or not? Is Miritich a New Orleans Pelican, or is he still... A Chicago Bull. Someone, I need that. I need this answered. Yeah, picks or it didn't happen. Did I'm serious? Did it happen? Do either of you guys know whether it happened or not? I don't really keep up. First I've heard about it. I don't. Well, so here's what happened. It was reported that it was going to happen, and then Woj then reported that the deal fell apart. But because Twitter likes to show you tweets, the popular tweets from excuse you. Popular tweets from hours ago. I can't tell whether or not the trade happened or not. You know what, guys? We were talking a little bit about friends before, and this reminds me of a classic a scenario on there. The Ross and Rachel, will they or won't they? Who knows? Love it. We Love don't it. know what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great drop, because I was like, has Nick been on the whole time and just not said anything? No, it's Nick's ghost. Uh, just but it did not happen. Nick didn't feel no, well, by the way, so everyone send well wishes to Nick. I, uh, yeah, we will do that uh, after I'm done talking. But listen, um, I, I felt so bad because I've, I'll have i go on record saying I've never been on the boogie train. I've never liked boogie. boogie. I've never thought gotten the hype and everything. I was watching the Rockets game the other night, and I was like literally oh. composing a tweet where I was like, I'm, I'm buying all of this Pelican stock. I love this team. I think they're they're getting it together. I di- I dig the two center thing. They're fun. They're on the slam cover. They got the you know they got the um the what was no that? Limit. Yeah, the no limit going on. And then like literally as I'm writing this tweet, his his Achilles pops, and I felt really bad. You should. Now you should feel bad, but also powerful. Yeah, well, I'm I'm terrified. Uh, but anyway, I'm, Twitter is ruining the deadline <laughs> for me. The Woj battle with Shams, this like nuclear Twitter oh, breaking news arms race that they have created amongst themselves is ruining the trade deadline for me because, all, again, all of this news from five hours ago is flooding my timeline, making me question what my reality is. And that is that is very disturbing to me. All right, next, let's let's stay with trades because that's all the talk right now. Trade deadline coming up February 8th. So we're going to go to the Blake Griffin trade. Here's Griffin's new coach, Stan Van Gundy, on bringing Blake, bringing Blake. <laughs> why, did Black. I, why did I do that? Bringing Blake to Motown. The hardest thing to do in this league is to is to get a proven star. And it's just very hard to do. It's hard to do in free agency. It's hard to do in trades. You get very few opportunities to do it. The guy's a five-time All-Star. He's been an All-NBA guy, puts you in the top 15 guys in the league. Um, he's only 28 years old. Um, we know the injury history. That's the risk Jeez. on it. Um, 
but that risk was worth it because of the talent that we're uh, that we're bringing back. Wait, 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 wait. He knows his stats. Wait, 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 wait. Stan, Stan, you traded for him to save your job. I, it's not that he's 28 years old. I don't care about the stats. You traded for him to save your. You traded for him to get the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Don't you, you come out here and you say these things, and I get it. And you talk about the injury risk, so at least you're being fair. But the you hardest, traded for him to save your job. The hardest thing to do is to jump over a Kia and dunk it. Can you guys do it? Okay, no. So I the got a guy who can. The hardest thing to do with this league is to, is to get a proven star. Anyone? No, 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 no. Okay, that's fine. You got a proven star. But you have you had proven stars. You've got one in Andre Drew. You did this to save your job. Just be honest. It's We're no- going to go through the same thing, by the way, if the Hornets manage to get Lou Williams or, or Kawhi Leonard. It's going to be the same thing where it's like, no, we, you know, we wanted to go out there and get talent. It's, it's tough to get talent when you're, when you're in a mid-market and you go out there and, and Lou Williams and the stats and Kawhi Leonard is a star and whatever. And it's like, no, you did, you did this to get into the eighth seed in the playoffs. Here's the difference. If you get Kawhi Leonard, you don't have to be yeah. like, guys, uh, here's his age. Here's some stats. <laughs> did you know he's made an all-star game? It's like he's, he's, selling, he's trying to sell Blake Griffin so hard. A proven star, uh, all you got to do is, guys, Hey guys, high five my hand right here because I just made an awesome trade. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, guys, did you know Blake used to be able to dunk good? David, are you on my same <laughs> wavelength here? Or do you or do you disagree with me? Uh he was selling it super hard. I thought that was hilarious. Hard sell. Uh, so good for him. Hard sell. He's gotta sell it that way. Of course, yes, of course. That's why that's why they made the trade, but he's gotta believe in it. So uh, welcome to Detroit. Can we mention uh, one thing about Blake's tweet about it? He was like gushing about how he's going to miss LA, and he's mm-hmm. like looking forward to making a run in the East, like not <laughs> like contending for a championship, just putting a run together. <laughs> looking forward to playing LeBron in the first round. <sighs> uh, let's let's stay with this trade and go to LeBron James when asked Monday about his thoughts on the Blake Griffin deal. Here is what he said, quote, when a player gets traded, they were doing what's best for the franchise. Then when a player decides to leave, he's not loyal. He's a snake. He's not committed. That's the narrative of how it goes. I know firsthand, unquote. Wait, 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 LeBron, you've never been traded. You don't have firsthand experience with both sides of this narrative. You have firsthand experience of one side of this narrative. That's what you know. You took heat for that. You took heat for going to the heat. Here's what you did do. You did put on a big spectacle to announce you were leaving your hometown team. Then you announced you would be in Miami to win one, not two, not three, not four. Then you went back to your hometown team, and you're probably going to leave again, which is fine. All of that is fine. You started the revolution. Players have the power now. But you can't have the power and then whine about the narrative. You can't have all of the power, make all of the decisions, and then whine about, or, or not even whine, but just sort of complain about the narratives that are out there. You, you, can, you, can, you can't do whatever you want and then care about what everyone says. That's, that's my thing. And you don't, know the, you don't know both sides of that firsthand. 
He's probably traded people before, though. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, he's traded people. <laughs> he's been on the front office side of that before. Guys, I know I know better than literally anybody in no, my listen, organization. Listen, he doesn't know anything about what's going to happen to Ty Lue. He's picked up the phone before. He doesn't know any. <laughs> listen, he's just playing basketball. He doesn't know what players they're going to look at at the trade deadline. He doesn't know anything about George. Who's George Hill? Who's Ty Lue? I don't know these people. I play basketball. Right, Give me the big orange thing, and I'll put it in the thing with the net. I think He's just showing up and balling. I think it's crazier that he just straight up called Blake Griffin a snake right there, but Snake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we going to wrap up with? Oh, yeah, the Hornets are playing tonight. The Hornets <laughs> head to Atlanta needing a win. They really need three wins. They need like three wins in a row. But that starts, don't know if you know this, three wins in a row starts with one win. They need to get that against the Atlanta Hawks. That's really all I have in terms of analysis. Got it? Okay. The Hawks are the same Hawks team you saw a few days ago. They know how to offensive rebound. Thank God. <laughs> Kip, <laughs> I'm just saying. Kit Bazemore, Torian Prince, and their entire bench can hit the three. They are a slashing team. They're aggressive. They can score in bunches. They can also not score in bunches. They can go through droughts. They're not a great defensive team, David. What are you watching for in this game against the Atlanta Hawks? Oh, you know who I'm watching for, Doug. It's our guy that we drafted, uh, John Collins. See what he can do coming off that bench. Honestly, though, I mean, if there's a game for everyone to get right, it is against the Atlanta Hawks. But if you remember, the Hawks made a you know a pretty good run before they realized they needed to keep tanking uh, against the Hornets last time out. So uh, I'd like to see a little more bounce back from Frank and uh, and Jeremy Lamb and get back to some of that some of that West Coast play they had going. It's true. David brings up probably the biggest key to to yeah. any game against the Atlanta Hawks, and that's reminding them in the second half that they're supposed to be bad. <laughs> they need to stop. Like going up to Mike Budenholzer and be like, "Hey, buddy, I don't know. You're you're tanking right now. You you're you want to you want a good pick. You don't you don't want to win." They go, "Oh yeah, that's right. All right, call off the dogs." Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, <clears throat> this is the exact type of team the Hornets should be playing more often. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are almost <laughs> last in the league in wins, <laughs> which uh, makes them lose schedule. a lot of games. And uh, this is the type of team that the Hornets can beat. Most teams that are better than them, we don't do that well against. Um, you saw that a couple nights ago. We actually you're did really, defeat them. You're really going at this table. We did defeat them. Uh, we had more points than they uh-huh. did. And I think that's going to be the key tonight. Uh, you said we're playing a similar team tonight. They could be facing a different Hornets team. Uh, this time featuring possibly an all-star if uh, Kobe Bryant joins the team and uh, we get him in that all-star game. In all seriousness, (laughs) no Marvin Williams in this game. He's recovering from the ankle sprain he sustained against the Pacers, his first ankle sprain ever. Ever. It's the first time he's had an ankle sprain in his (laughs) career. How is that possible? I sprained my ankle three days ago getting ice cream. Yeah. It does yeah, seem like well, like some somehow like a nerdy thing. He's like, oh, I just don't know. <laughs> Do you think he's taking it really hard? They're like, guys, it's it's just a sprained ankle. Man. Yeah, it's okay. It's totally Thoughts cool. We all get them. <laughs> he's like, well, I guess that's it for me. They're like, no, man, you're. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, I had a good run. Going in a career. <laughs> he's packing up his locker. <laughs> Marv, what are you doing? <laughs> Come back. It's an ankle sprain. We all get them. Go and then there's like this good me. like uh, sort of um, special uh, TV moment, you know. Marv, 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 Marv. That's good. That was good. 
This is the type of thing you gotta do when you're playing the Hawks and you're bad. We gotta make up some storylines. Well, Marvin's injury means that Frank Kaminsky will be asked to step into the starting lineup. This will actually be his first start of the season. Last season, he started 16 games and averaged 15 points on 40% shooting from the field and 36% shooting from three to go with six rebounds and two and a half assists. That will also mean one less weapon to fully deploy with the bench, a bench unit that has been struggling to score. Uh, it's going to mean more Trevion Graham at the four, a little Johnny O'Brien at the four, probably more minutes for Dwight Howard and Frank Kaminsky, to, to, to be perfectly honest. And uh, but but it's all gonna be, I think it's all gonna be on the second unit. Look, the starters are playing fine. Uh, it's really going to be how much contributions and not just against the Atlanta Hawks, but going forward, how how uh, much contribution can they get out of this second unit is, is going to go a long way in determining whether or not they can string a few wins together. Starter Frank's good. I mean, he plays better in the starting lineup, and there's it's more than like a, a tiny sample size to to prove that. I wrote an article about it last year, so I did a dive on the stats, but it's just like a confidence thing with him. He's yep. real shaky off the bench when you put him in the starting lineup. And and you're like, yeah, you remember how you've always been the guy. Um, he's just, I think he's just one of those dudes. Like he just can't come off the bench and play that well consistently. So maybe it'll be good. Yeah, it's definitely a confidence thing with Frank. Maybe that does help him. Uh, we'll see. But that bench unit, man, rough. Oh, I mean, you're seeing a bit of you know some cracks from Travion now. Like it's just tough when you have to depend on these guys over the course of a season, right? And you just don't know. Uh, if they can keep it up consistently one night, MCW will play fine. The next night, uh, someone else will not. Uh, so it's just, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. That's the hardest thing for Clifford. Um, I heard something this week. Uh, I think it was Stu Jackson who said, you know, these coaches, they depend, they have to depend on, on the bench unit. And when they can't count on any consistency from there, it just makes everything so much more difficult. That's why you're seeing Clifford play Kimball Walker 41 minutes. Uh, even though MCW's out that game, Dwight Howard's playing almost 40 minutes. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how long he goes with that, like how, how long he is saying we have to win these games, we have to win these games, because uh, that's that's a lot to ask even of your two stars, I think. It's interesting, too. I mean, Dwight Howard playing all of these minutes lately. We're getting deep into the season, and he's still putting up pretty huge numbers in terms of points yeah. and rebounds and seeming to get better as the year goes on. That wasn't necessarily the case in Atlanta where it felt like uh, he was having a little bit of an issue with his back, and that slowed him down as the Atlanta Hawks prepared to go into the playoffs. But but he seems this year to be – and that was a big storyline, by the way, in the offseason when they did make oh, yeah. the trade for him. Uh, Dwight Howard talked a lot about how he had slimmed down, trying to get both his body and his game into a more uh, modern place uh, so that he could extend his career in the same way that a guy like Tim Duncan was able to sustain his career. And uh, it seems like so far, uh, just when you look at his mobility and look at his numbers, uh, he's he's been able to do that. Uh, you know, <laughs> he, he might not be the the extreme uh, mid range defender that some want him to be, David. <laughs> but well, he was brought here to shut those. Yeah, I, dude, he's I'm brought so here shocked. to protect the rim, and he's done that. I'm actually shocked he's able to move as well as he has been all year, and he's still doing it. I mean, that was something I was worried about when he came in, just his explosiveness. Mm -hmm. And right from the jump, he's still been able to do that. And it's it's been effective lately. His, his blocks are going up, so I think that was a piece that was missing early on mm -hmm. too. And he started to affect a little, a few more of those shots with actual with actual blocks. Yeah, I think there were there were some. The reason I say that, I want to explain myself. I think there were some people that were frustrated by the the 
efficiency that the Pacers were able to get mid-range looks and knock them down. And we talked a little bit about this on the last show, that that, that was part of the scheme, that you drop Dwight Howard deep into the paint right. to protect the rim at all costs. I think some would want him to take a step further than, than he was, maybe put his hands in the air. I would say... How effective is that going to be? It's the same thing. The, the, the thing they always talk about with three-point shooting. Like there's contesting it, but if you can't get if you can't run them off the three-point line, there's a lot of data that would suggest that that you really can't contest a, a three-point shot and, and do a lot to affect whether or not it goes in or out. A lot of debate around that subject. But I think like if the the danger of him taking a step forward is that Collison and Oladipo and players that they're going to go up against like Schre- uh, like Schroeder in Atlanta, those guys are able to break you down off the dribble and get to the rim. And the idea of Dwight Howard is that he can he's a a singular cover of the rim, so you don't need a lot of help defense if he's guarding the rim effectively. And, and so there's nobody right? gonna, there's no one behind him if Collison, Oladipo, Schroeder were to get by him. And they're sort of dueling with Dwight. They want Dwight to step up so that they can go by him. What the Hornets want is for Oladipo and Collison and Schroeder to take mid-range shots. Now, the Pacers hit them, but they hit them at a rate that was significantly higher than teams have been hitting them against the Charlotte Hornets. You, you go into a game... You can't take away everything. You try to get a team to do what they're uncomfortable doing. The Pacers are are a great three-point shooting team, and they're really, really good at the rim. The Hornets tried to take both of those things away. The Pacers did not shoot the three-point shot well. They did shoot it uh, better at the rim because they were able to move the ball, and there were some defensive breakdowns there. But they just happened to shoot really well from mid-range. And, and I just, th- again, there's a difference between what a player is asked to do, and and then there's also a difference between what's actually effective and what you want to see. Like you, Maybe you want to see him put his hands in the air. Would it make a difference? That's what I ask you. I don't think right. so. And don't you want these guys to shoot mid-range? I mean, aren't we still forcing guys to either... I thought so. Right, that's where we want... That's, that's where you want bulk of these players to shoot from, right? You don't want to shoot a three, and you don't want to get it close to the basket, right? And I think if Dwight moves out further, you're taking a little bit of his rebounding away too, I guess. Um, but yeah, they're looking to put, but to your point, they want that mismatch. They want to put Dwight in that kind of no man's land or make him step up or make him make a decision. So they're attacking some of the weaknesses there. And the Hornets, you know, perhaps are taking their chances with those guys shooting those mid range shots. It's not going to hurt him. It was three. This is a similar David defensive plan that they had when they had Al Jefferson on the roster. The difference being. He just can't move. Al Jefferson was not able to make an adjustment like Dwight Howard did in the second half when he was able to be more aggressive on those pick and rolls. And guess what? Indiana exposed that too. Got to the rim more effectively in the second half, and they were able to get Miles Turner a few open threes off of those opportunities. So, like it did, it did nothing that they threw at Indiana worked defensively. Sometimes that happens, but you have to again. I think you have to separate. A player that is doing what he's being asked to do with the scheme that he's been given, and and a player that is not giving maximum. Where did effort. this come from? Like this all seems obvious <laughs> to me. Sorry, uh, like I, I it, yeah. So who's like 
There's just criticism. There's, I mean, there's, 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 there's been there's criticism of Dwight yeah. Howard's effort for his entire career. There's so much stuff on the the Hornets to complain about. Right. That's legit, and like it's just funny to me that people want to go after Dwight. It's like, I mean, sure, there's stuff you could tear apart there, but there's, <laughs> it's like you're running through a burning building to like, f- you know, f- find a. a a smaller fire. I couldn't think of a good analogy, but it, there's, it, there's a lot know, of problems that are bigger than funny. that. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can't even point to one person and say, if this wasn't happening, then the horns would be perfectly fine. This reminds me of like Julius Peppers. The first time he was in Charlotte on the, on the Panthers, he was under a microscope so much towards the end there that people would just focus on him for entire games and entire plays and, you know, 10 or 12 sacks be damned, whatever. It was all about, well, it looks like he's not giving effort, regardless of whether or not the play call was for him to drop back or I'm really breaking down football here, guys, drop back or rush the quarterback. Right, which um, is really a criticism of that. The, the guy's just so amazing at football that it looks easy. It looks for like him. he's not trying. Yeah. Right? And I'm not, it's not like it's not like a one to one. But I, but to your point, Steve, it, it's kind of wild that of all the things that are going wrong with the Hornets. No backup point guard, no bench depth, no shooting, no three-point shooting. It's all on Dwight's shoulders and his lack of stepping I, up in the mid-range. I, I tweeted the about this the other night. This, there's second units we put together. I mean, the best second unit we put together is barely competent, but there's some that are that look like middle school basketball where like there's like three oh, guys really? clumped together. It makes Sometimes they're so bad bad that the other team gets confused and starts playing really sloppy because they're just like what do you get it's like playing against a guy in <laughs> jeans you know you're like come on man are you going to take this seriously or not well, do shoes. they have wait hold on but here's an important question the guy playing in jeans does he have a cop does he have a, um, a button-down shirt tucked a belt, into a it? belt on. No, does he have a belt on he normally he has a belt on that completely changes how we're going to attack them in no he normally doesn't have a shirt on his, his pants are usually around his butt uh, he's wearing tims or slides and then he answers his phone halfway through and walks off the court um, and that's kind of what the Hornets uh, second unit looks like. The problem is like there's no creator. That's our problem on offense too. Here, I wanted to throw this one out there. I want to. <laughs> there is there is no creator. There is no God. <laughs> God no, is dead. I want to throw this out there. There's no point to life, you guys. No. Um. I we, we know we've needed a second creator for a long time. Jeremy Lamb doesn't look that comfortable doing it or good no. doing it. Uh, neither does MCW Shocker. I want to see them try a little bit of MKG. Let him initiate the offense because the thing is, I, I don't know how great he is at distributing and uh, and this or that, but wh- he's great going downhill and he and he's good at slashing. I've I've liked what he's been able to do um, in terms of penetration this year, and I've noticed that when he when they do the r- typically set up the offense and Kemba's starting it off, he's kind of just he doesn't get any touches really. It's either a play for him or not. So um, I, yeah. I don't know. They should just experiment with something like that at this point. He's on the roster. Um, let the, pro- him- the problem with with that is twofold. One, you're, go- you're going to have spacing issues, I think, if you place him with, with, the, with the second unit that involves, uh, that involves that already has no Michael Carter-Williams. Second, I think that he is your primary wing defender, 
And so the, the reason I think his minutes are, are reduced are one, because of spacing, but also because like they want him at the very beginning of games fresh to, sh- to shut guys down. And then at the end of games, you can place him on the, on the best wing defender and, and shut that guy down. Yeah. And, and I, sorry, that wasn't actually just about second unit because mm-hmm. that's unfixable, I, I think. But I, yeah. I, I would kind of like to see them try some of that, like yeah. give him like 20% instead of every single time it being Kemba, because obviously the game plan, it's easy to game plan against the Hornets when you. Anybody can see. A fan can watch the games and and know that nobody else in the starting five really right. uh, initiates the offense. Like they don't really let Batum do it that often when Kemba's out there. And I just think he's being underutilized. He's having a great season, and um, when he gets into the paint, there those little slashing uh, drives are are he's playing really great. I think they should just give him a little bit more of a load. I've bought MKG stock for the fifth time in my life. I'm back on the bandwagon. Well, you so yeah, you had to sell your Pelicans and your yeah. boogie stock and then you <laughs> threw it all into MKG. You're sticking with Kentucky guys and I like that loyalty. I appreciate that. And I also appreciate everyone that listened to this show. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on Locked on Hornets. We're out of time. Go to draft.com, sign up, use our promo code LOHORNETS and play fantasy basketball with us. Thanks to my panel, uh, David, Steve, uh, Nick, feel better. We we want to get you back here on Friday. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of this game against the Atlanta Hawks. And of course, you can always find us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever you use to get your podcast. Just search for Locked On Hornets and make sure you are telling your friend about the absolute best Hornets talk you can find uh, on podcast. All right. Thanks so much. For David and Steve, I'm Doug saying, go Hornets, go America, beat the Hawks, let's swarm. Sharp.